0: Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Right, well, continuing in the Strange world of politics. We are joined this morning by James Marlow. He's a former political consultant to the Prime Minister's Office, the Foreign Ministry in Jerusalem. He's also an Israel analyst, and of course, uh, we wanted to get his views on the comments made by the United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken about October the seventh, making some strange comments about whether they should, uh, what this should, entitle Israel. Uh, very, very uh, interesting comments. Which audience exactly is he playing to? Well, let's find out. James Marlowe, very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Good morning, Howard. So uh, thank you for joining us here in South Africa on the, uh, on the Morning Mayhem. We wanted to get your view because, uh, obviously, Anthony Blinken has been a tremendous and significant part of these events since October the 7th. His support has been very, very positive. But every now and then we see him moving in a direction that we wonder uh, how consistent it is, why he's doing so. Give us your thoughts in general as to his performance during this time.
1: Wow, that's an enormous question st- to start off with, Howard. Uh, <laughs> Not quite sure where to go. I mean, obviously, politics plays a role in this, as Mm -hmm. you can imagine. You're coming up to a general election. Uh, That's the same in some European countries, also in the United Kingdom. You're also playing to a base uh, within the Democrat Party. Of course, that is those who are very, very conscious of what is taking place in the Middle East. They also feel that they're going to be dragged into a Middle Eastern wider war as well, which of course Americans don't want. Mm -hmm. And you've also got that feeling, of course, on the Republican side. So as a politician, I would, and I'm not a politician, but as one would think that you've got to play to many of those sides on different days. Mm. But I I can tell you what's really taking place, as they say, tachlis, um, in terms of what I believe the subject Mm -hmm. is that you're discussing, uh, and that is the very, very difficult decision that the Israeli government have to make in real circumstances, not just politics, uh, but literally life or death, defending their own country, defending their ability to literally continue to exist because the decision that the Israeli government had to make yesterday was whether to give Hamas a full victory whereby that they can come back and do this again in six months time, a year's time, two years time and I even heard somebody say yesterday, somebody who used to work very closely with the prime minister and in government circles that if that was allowed to happen. There may no longer be an Israel in 10 or 15 years' time because every single Islamic group, whether it be Shiite or Sunni, will obviously take the advantage of attacking Israel in some form or another and keep doing it to the point that eventually Israel falls. Mm-hmm. So you're based. Uh, you're, you're confronted with that decision to get out 136 hostages 132 from October the 7th plus four that have been there for many many years beforehand. Of course um, the uh, IDF have already informed at least I think it's 32 or 33 families that their loved ones have been executed have been, are dead, have been killed. That's at least And so you've got the opportunity to take them out. But in the words of President Biden, and let me just look down and get his quote, Hamas demands are a bit over the top. Mm -hmm. And what did they ask for? Well, they wanted to release the hostages over a four and a half month period. That's number one. They wanted a complete withdrawal from all the IDF uh, forces out of Gaza. Number three is they wanted to stay in power. Number four is they wanted the release of uh, we were told at least 1500 prisoners and some of them are really bad prisoners blood on their hands and responsible for some atrocious murders and then of course they wanted money coming in to rebuild god in other words right back to october the 6th and of course israel can't do that and it's really really hard because the families are crying out saying please at any price get our Get our families out. Get our sons and daughters and fathers and mothers and and sisters. Please take them out. And this is a really, really hard decision for the government to make. But you you cannot give in to Hamas because Israel obviously has to focus on its future and those citizens inside the country, which is more than 10 million
0: a very very difficult very difficult situation indeed as you've as you've described very very well could israel have done anything different and i'm not talking about prior to october the 7th because that's a whole different conversation about a the system failure but and whatever whatever occurred but from then onwards could the families of the hostages accuse israel of not having done a b c or d in order to free the hostages when 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 i think about it and uh, well i'd say i'm not objective because none of us are objective around this but we're not as obviously as in the same amount of pain as the families uh, is there anything that could have done differently I, i'm i'm not seeing it
1: Well, Howard, it's not just families. It's also uh, friends and um, Mm. uh, people who are colleagues you work with inside the army or inside of work or uh, just people that you know within groups. Uh, As you know, Israel is a very, very small country. Mm. uh, Ten million is the population. And it's very, very difficult these days to be able to find just one person who does not know of somebody who's been killed or injured uh, either in Gaza or in the north or somebody has got family members Mm. who've been Mm. injured. Um, of course the hostage situation from the south um so uh, uh it's it, it, you know th- there are no words to be able to describe the difficulty uh naturally and i i don't know how i would feel or perhaps you would feel if one of our sons or daughters or mothers or fathers mm. would be actually being held in gaza after all of this time <clears throat> in underground tunnels in most cases, not all cases, because two of the freed hostages talked about that they were held above ground, mm-hmm. and one of them said they were in an Umrah house. So, for Umrah not to know anything about this is also a bit bizarre. But of course, it's not true. Mm. Um, but um, in terms of being on the underground tunnels with very little food, with sexual abuse with um it's a uh, torment no medication it's a, it's, no act- it's
0: a torment for anybody thinking about it for uh you know especially in terms of family or friends or colleagues as you say uh, it, it is pure torment How i get it unfortunately there are very very real decisions with very real consequences releasing 1500 violent people uh is 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 pretty much an army it's it's uh it's if 1500 people are capable of inflicting massive amount of damage on as you said a very small country uh, they, I, I can't imagine that that is a decision that israel could possibly make
1: right but if i can tell you that the positive side of things i mean uh listening to the prime minister's speech last night to the nation in hebrew and then he repeated it in english mm-hmm. for the well Media. and you can actually see that on, a, um, on various tweets and in fact I retweeted it just a short while ago on the X platform and that is... that is that we would never have got these hostages out had Israeli troops not got into Gaza. Many people said you should not go into Gaza oh, let's negotiate. Mm, but Israel mm. went straight to Gaza. They've taken the entire north of Gaza. There is still some fire inside of Gaza City and in the center. Uh, Han Yunus is pretty much under control of the IDF, but still there is major pockets of fire. Uh, the Israelis are now moving south to Rafah, which they've been told don't do. But of course, that is where the Hamas lead ship is believed to be along with many of the hostages so these the idf literally has control to a certain degree of the entire gaza strip now to some people that might not seem that much because from the south to the north it's only 33 miles in its entirety Mm. but if you talk about the underground tunnels and in some cases they're going down six levels so it's really difficult to get there and the americans couldn't even do this when they were inside of iraq When they were fighting, much much smaller areas, much much smaller forces, and the prime minister said last week that's more. Sorry, last night Mm -hmm. that there's more than twenty thousand Hamas fighters that are either been killed or captured, Um, according to the IDF. And I've been keeping numbers because Mm -hmm. they say uh, two dozen killed here, two dozen killed Mm -hmm. there, Mm -hmm. up to a hundred this weekend so i've been keeping the numbers and it's around 14,000 14,000 hamas fighters of around 8 or 900 uh, plus 8 or 900 who've been captured and some of those of Incredible. course included um going back to october the 7th so i mean the hamas fighting force is definitely going down and hamas are hurting that's why they are that's also
0: why they're looking for some type of sure empire. We do need. Um, to, we do need of to leave it. Uh, you're well. Absolutely, James Marlowe, Thank you. Fascinating conversation. We do need to leave it there. It is about to go nine o'clock. That means I'm out of studio. James Maro is a former uh, political consultant to the Prime Minister's Office, Foreign Ministry in Jerusalem. He's an Israel analyst. He joined us this morning to give us uh, some context, some perspective around the uh, the comments made by Antony Blinken and the future of negotiations.